Round two is upon us. We think. We think it's coming up. Uh, we're acting like it's coming up. We're here to talk some fantasy. The teams are in. There's plenty of issues. Uh, Don Brock and I are practicing our social distancing. I'm dialed in <laughs> remotely. Don Brock is in the studio. Um, what a week. What a week. Plenty happening. There was a bit of footy as well, uh, which is good for us, which means we get another podcast this week. So um, in a bit of news in the team list as well, just to get back to rugby league and away from coronavirus for, uh, for a little while. There is a bit of news in the team list. We've got um, eight games coming up, hopefully. Kicks off Thursday night, the Bulldogs against the Cowboys. I'm uh, rostered to be out there. Hopefully that ends up happening. Um, Doggies were a little bit disappointing on the uh, potential cash cow front. No real changes to the squad other than um, youngster Jake Avarillo, who's a winger, replacing a centre in Carrot Holland on the bench in the 17. But um, in terms of the starting side, we've got issues with uh, Wakeham and Stimson. What did you make around one? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great game to start the season, was it, for um, for the Dogs? But, um, yeah, a really low-scoring loss uh, against uh, Parramatta first up out at Bank West. So not really the kind of game that's conducive to big fantasy scores in general. The highest score in that game was maybe low 50s, I think. Um, those guys you mentioned, Stimson, Wakeham, Marshall King, um, all got uh, 20s or 30s, not what we wanted if we had any of them in our teams. I don't think we can necessarily write them off as cash cow options just yet. Um, Marshall King and Stimson have both had low scores in the past and still you know, finished as 40-point players uh, playing in these roles, you know, hooker or, or close to 80-minute second row. So they could both bounce back this week. Perhaps um, Wakeham again needs attacking stats to score, score well, as we said last week, and he didn't really get them. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're must-trades, but if you haven't got other problems in your team, I can see why you'd uh, upgrade one of those this week. Yeah, definitely. We'll talk a bit more about them later because there's a few questions come in via the old tweet machine. Cowboys were, I thought they were coming to get the Broncos for a bit there. A um, little bit up and down. Team-wise, they've got Josh Maguire back into the starting side, Asiyar to the bench, Corey Jensen back to 18th man. Um, Val Holmes went pretty well, uh, probably better than I expected. And, and not maybe quite it was the trap well. you were feeling. <laughs> well, yeah. it could still be a trap. Let's not let's put a line through him as a trap just yet. Um, Cohen Hess, Possibly is a trap. Mm. It was a lackluster start for him for uh, anyone who jumped on him as a, a cheaper option. But um, Jason Tamalolo just keeps on keeping on. Yeah, he was the um, the top scorer in that game for most of the game until right at the end when uh, uh, Hess and Fafita finished like uh, freight trains for the Broncos. Yeah, Tamalolo, 63. Um, Scott Drinkwater was another one, 45. Had mm. one or two try assists, played quite well. For the Cowboys, good option at the back or in the halves. Um, bit of a moneymaker, mid-range scorer. Hess, yeah, he might be a sell. I mean, a lot of missed tackles, I think. 28 points in 80 minutes is not great. It's a lot like what we saw from him last year before he um, became a bench player. So, yeah, I'd be a bit worried if I had Hess, but um, pleasantly surprised with Drinkwater or Holmes. Yeah, a little bit sorry missed out on Drinkwater. I maybe should have taken the plunge. He's um, sort of some low involvement games at fullback towards the end of last year had me a bit worried, but maybe the moves to the halves uh, might suit his scoring. Friday afternoon footy at Netstrider Jubilee Stadium. The Dragons up against the Panthers. Here's a little bit of a curveball. Mm. 
Ravalawa out injured. He only played about seven minutes last week. The solution to that has been to bump Zach Lomax from fullback to the wing. Matt Dufty, who I don't think was available last week um, due to that fractured cheekbone in the nines, he comes back, claims that the fullback spot, I don't know if it's a huge surprise given the, the struggles that Zach Lomax had, despite a few nice pieces of attack. He had some real problems under the high ball and on the, uh, the goal line, but all of us who took the plunge on Lomax hopefully being an 80-minute goal-kicking fullback and making some money, it's um, looking a bit shaky. Yeah, and a lot of people did that as well. He was one of the most popular buyers in the preseason. Um, and now, yeah, looks really shaky. So, Dufty back at, at fullback. Um, it's hard to know where Lomax goes after this when um, Ravalawa comes back uh, to full fitness. Does Lomax go back to the centres like he used to play, which could hurt someone like Willie Army, who's now in a lot of fantasy teams? Um, does he You'd go? Think so, yeah. Does he go back to fullback if he, you know, impresses under the high ball a bit or something on the wing this week, get some confidence back? Who knows? So it's raised a lot of question marks. He had a good score last week, Lomax. Got a couple of try saves. Got a try. So forty-three points despite a lot of or a handful of errors. So uh, his scoring's all right. He'll make some short-term money at least. But um, yeah, it's not a promising sign that he's been bumped from fullback already. Yeah, not ideal. The um, the forward pack has lost Tarek Sims to suspension. Toriel Fumayono comes into the starting pack. Jacob Host onto the bench. Trent Merrin's still on the bench where he was obviously not a, a buy in the preseason. But some of their starters had good scores. Tyson Frizzell had that big line break towards the end. And um, Blake Laurie, pretty much all base stats, both scored in the 50s, I think, from memory. Yeah, Frizzell 57, Laurie 53. Uh, he had a really good game in terms of, as you said, just, just all base stats. Got about... Um, I think he had a few missed tackles as well, so scored like 59 or something in base stats and then dropped down a bit with some uh, with some misses. But, uh, yeah, good signs for Laurie that he can hit uh, regular 50s in that role. Um, the others, I mean, Frizzell's not going to get a line break every week uh, and it's pretty pricey already. So, yeah, most guys will be on, on Lomax and um, Willie Army in, in this week and the weeks to come. They're both in yeah, your just, team as well, starting team? Yeah, not for long, hopefully. I'm just not quite sure what to do about it because they, they don't have enough equity to be worth upgrading yeah. to anyone. So a few little headaches there and no wingers or fullbacks on my bench, which I was happy about last week and is now suddenly a bit of a problem. Mm. Anyway, we'll talk about that when we get to the questions. The Panthers have lost Jack Hetherington to suspension, which sounds like something I've said before a few times. Um Otherwise, Kikau starts in the second row. Isaiah Yo starts in the second row. Fisher-Harris starts at lock. So a little bit of a reshuffle there. Um, Billy Burns, the new name on the bench. Otherwise, pretty much business as usual. Caleb Aikens, uh, we both warned everyone to get out of their teams because of Dylan Edwards potentially being back early from injury, not because of we knew he was going to get mm. hooked with 15 minutes to go, but a, a poor score from him. Yeah, he looks like a pretty rapid sell at this stage as well. Um Tricky time for some of these uh, popular winger fullbacks in fantasy. Um, yeah, Abby Corusau, who was one of our must-have players. Yes. We still didn't expect him to get 84 on the first uh, game of the season. He was uh, fantastic for the Panthers against the Roosters. Uh, Isaiah Yo, as you mentioned as well, had a huge game, 78 points. I'm not really expecting more of those kind of numbers, but yeah. um, he could Moving be... to the edge as well, he was probably more in the middle. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. yeah. Had a ton of run meters as well. He can get through a lot of tackles, but... Um, yeah, usually more of a 40-point player than a you know, 70, 80-point player. So we'll see how he goes this week. But, yeah, Coruscant, if he's not in your team already, you know, I'm not sure what you're doing, but you need to get him in quick smart. 
Yeah, I think our two absolute must-haves of the preseason were Coruscant and Pat Carrigan. We'll talk about Carrigan later, but Coruscant absolutely blitzed it. The other thing um, about team before we move on is um, Nathan Cleary won the Cleary yeah. versus uh, Mitch Moses battle in round one. Anyway, 68 points. Um, pretty great against a very good Roosters team. Yeah, almost 600 kick metres and yeah. just played well across the board, although Moses does go from a, a dour grind into playing the Titans, so hopefully improvement for him. We'll talk about that a bit later on. The second Friday game, the Broncos up against the Bunnies, the coaching grudge match. Um, always look forward to this one. A couple of uh, ding-dong battles in, in the last sort of 12 to 18 months. Um, there's many talking points in this Broncos team. Um, they've lost... Uh, Tavita Pangai for four weeks due to suspension. Um, seems to be a bit of a slow learner when it comes to those high shots. Ethan Bullimore, who reportedly is extremely quick, is uh, just about the last forward left to call upon. He makes his debut in Jersey 17. Jamil Hopawadi, who wasn't bad last week, moves into the starting side. Um, David Fafita, Payne Haas, absolutely sensational. Brody Croft exceeded expectations. Jesse Arthurs was pretty handy, um, having to move into the uh, the centres for a bit. Um, Jermaine Isaac Zarko, who a few people were interested in once Bird got injured, was uh, sensational at the back as well. Lots to, to digest here. Yeah, and Pat Carrigan as well. You don't think you did mention him. Uh, he got 52, so he looks a great buy as well at lock. Yeah, heaps of good buys in this team. We had people last week asking about, is it a problem having too many Broncos in your team? And uh, and we said no at the time. That was even before Jack Bird got uh, injured. Now it looks even better having, you know, four... Brisbane players in your team. Fafita and Haas look like must-haves based on uh, round one. Carrigan probably is the same. And Azako's not far off if he can do anything like that on a regular basis. 63 points. He got a try, so that helps. But um, but played well. His running game is really good. Kick goals. So, yeah, it looks a good option at the back if you need to upgrade one of those, upgrade one of those winger fullbacks and have a bit of uh, money to spend. Do we think Izarko can average sort of over 40, mid-40s moving well, that, forward? That's the hope. He kind of, I think, needs to at his price to be worth um, worth it as kind of a mid-range cash cow. So um, he did just get 63. So it's hard to, to write him off at this point, averaging mm. 40, 42, something like that. Yeah, I'm clearly not going to get that every week, but you want sort of decent scores from a fullback most weeks. It'll be interesting to see how he goes uh, this weekend. Is there anyone else from uh, Brisbane sort of speaks for themselves? You know, David Fafita was probably our our third name on the must-have list, and he was probably on track for a bit of a quiet-ish score, not a terrible score, but a quiet-ish score until that just absolutely absurd 70-metre solo try with all those tackle busts and the, the line break towards the end for a monster score and Payne Haas over a million now um somehow people are saying he's going to drop um in value at some point i'm looking at that i'm not sure he will it was sort of last five minutes of the game he'd been out there all 80 minutes and he was still breaking tackles and throwing people off it's just ridiculous yeah awesome player um is it worth warning about jamil hopawadi who's a starting second rower now quite cheap but his job security is not fantastic in terms of it being a starter alex glenn uh, to come back from a hamstring injury, I think Gowie's mm. suspended. Pangai Jr.'s going to miss four weeks, but um, that might not be enough. I don't know how long Hopawadi stays in that starting team. Um, played well, but uh, yeah. probably there's better cheapies around at the moment. Yeah, she'll get more minutes um, given the loss of Pangai as well this week. But you think with Alex Glenn, a week-to-week proposition, and then off Gowie, I think only one or two more weeks out as well. He's, um, he's only got a week or two of... of 
decent price rises before he, um, you would think, either goes to the bench or, or out of the team. Yep. Uh, they take on the Rabbitohs. A few talking points here. Quite a few, actually, as well in this team. Um, Latrell Mitchell, a big disappointment in terms of a, a fantasy score. Got um, an early shower just as he, I guess, eases into that fullback role. Bit of a worry there. Braden Burns, who I was pretty bullish on in the preseason. Mm. Uh, lots of demerits there. Hopefully he gets better. Um, Adam Reynolds, a really good score. The new club captain scored a try and, and put on a big score. Um, Tavita Totola turns into a points-per-minute machine given the loss of a few other big-name forwards. He really enjoyed that leadership. Um, Cook, underwhelming, but should come good. Jaden Sewer, potential cash cow, really disappointing. Uh, Cameron Murray moved to the edge, did not either boost his minutes, and it certainly didn't help his score in the 30s for him. Uh, Liam Knight, a lot of people run in the preseason. A, an okay score, slightly above his break-even, but nothing to write home about. Um, again, heaps to digest in this side as well. Yeah, so Totola had gone under the radar a bit, as you mentioned. Um, 57 in 51 minutes is fantastic. He won't do that every week, but he's um, uh, a pretty good price if he's going to get close to 50 points a game. So uh, he's a really interesting option. Cheaper, I think, than Liam Knight, who, as you said, most, well, a lot of people have. Um, 45 is okay, but you want around 50, ideally. Um, Yeah, Sua played... 70 minutes, 29 points is not fantastic. So hopefully he can get through that more than that um, in the next few weeks. But he could be a trade-out option for a lot of people this week, I think. Yeah, I'm um, looking at trading him out just because uh, I need to fix a couple of things in my team. And that's about the only equity I can free up, I think, if I swap him for yeah. someone like uh, Elias Katoa or someone like that. The fact he's not quite base price means you can free up a bit of cash if you downgrade him to a cheapie, mm. a real cheapie. Um, otherwise, are we thinking Latrell is a sell, Burns is a hold, probably? I mean, a lot of people will sell Burns as well. What did he get? Nine points or something? I don't want to look at it. <laughs> in your team as well? I oh, know, 14 <laughs> points. It's, it's still that. He it's was a... in my team until Jack Bird went down and I had to reshuffle my back. Yeah. yeah, he was in my team until close to uh, Thursday night last week and I reshuffled as well. Um, 14 points, it's about 30 short of what you want, really. Mm. Um, if he's not a keeper, he's, he's too expensive, I think, to be holding and he's not going to be making... Uh, significant money anytime soon. So, yeah, you really have to have the faith that he'll bounce back and start hitting regular 40s. Um, yeah, no harm in giving it a week, but if people need to uh, make some panic moves, I can see a lot of people jumping off Burns this mm. week. Cameron Murray, a sell. He ended up sort of going off for the... He played about 60 minutes, which is what he was playing in the middle last year, but he played the first, you know, 25 or so minutes on an edge and it didn't help his work rate at all. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to tweak how they play things a bit in the forward pack. In the mm. early rounds, I don't know. I mean, they they are kind of trialling this thing of Murray moving from lock, where he was fantastic last year, to starting on the on the edge to get more minutes, which hasn't quite worked in terms of either his impact or getting more minutes. So, just one game in, so they might change things up. But um, yeah, I wasn't really big on Murray to start with um, before round no. one, just in terms of upside and uh, you know he was so good last year. It's hard to see him getting much better. So. Yeah, again, keepers ideally you hold them for a bit. You don't you don't trade keepers, but um, mm. round one's a time where everyone wants to trade quickly. So yeah, could be an option if you if you missed one of the big guns and need to spend someone who costs a bit of money and to get them in like a David Feeder type. Yep, 
uh, Saturday footy kicks off. Um, been moved to the Gold Coast. The Warriors are staying uh, in Oz due to all the, the quarantines and can't fly back and forth, etc. which I think everyone in the game appreciates the sacrifices these players are making to, to stay away from their families. Um, they do have a couple of changes in the back line. Patrick Herbert and Peter Hiku both dashed home due to either a recent birth or an impending birth um, in their families. So Adam Pompey and Adam Kieran comes in as the centre. We saw him play in the halves uh, at the start of last year. Um, otherwise, Elias Katoa, who debuted last week, has actually moved into the starting side, not due to injury or anyone leaving, but just due to um, Isaiah Papali'i dropping back to the bench and Adam Blair shifting to locks. So it uh, looks probably the, the best of the Warriors debutants if they, you know, big asterisk if they um, continue to play in the competition post this round with the quarantines and so on. Yeah, that's the thing. In normal circumstances, Katoa would be a, an absolute um, great cash cow to buy this week. Got 43 off the bench. Um, should score that or better, you know, if you're basing it on how he played last week. Uh, now he's in the starting side. If you got, you know, upwards of 30, 35 a game, he should make a lot of money. So looks like a great option, uh, except that the Warriors' future is um, a bit clouded in the next few weeks. So. Yeah, it could be a risky move buying any Warriors this week. But if you're happy to gamble, I think he's uh, he's the best one to, to gamble on. Mm. Worth saying at the moment that with so much up in the air, we actually don't know for fantasy yet what the implications are if the Warriors go out of the com, which we don't know if they will and all the rest of it. So mm. whether people get extra trades or it's just too early to say. So um, I wouldn't be buying up plenty of Warriors assuming you're going to get free trades to get them out, but it's probably one of the many options that are being looked at at this point in time. Um, anything else on the Warriors before we move on to the Raiders? Not really. It's just all very day by day and, and up in the air, isn't it? So um, Yeah, massive uncertainty. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at the Raiders. Uh, Chancing with Klockstad is playing after having a head knock pretty early on last week, which is the reason he got a low score. Um, Team-wise, they've basically fixed the jersey numbers on um, Corey Horsburgh and Joseph Tarpany, who are playing uh, lock and second row respectively, which is what they did last week. Corey Horsburgh, absolutely fantastic. Lots of involvement. Um, 59, I think he got. Um, turned yep. into a great pickup. Jack White and fantastic. Couple of tries. Uh, George Williams was a little bit pricey to start with after being pretty dynamic in the Super League, but easily beat his uh, break even with a couple of line breaks um, elsewhere in the team. Emre Gula off the bench got a try and is yep. a bit of a potential sneaky uh, cash cow option. Ryan Sutton back from suspension this week but isn't included in the 17, which is good for Gula and Horsburgh. Yeah, so Gula, um, you know, just based on the numbers, 55 points is quite cheap, looks like a great option. The thing is to, to remember, as you said, he did get a try. He had a try assist as well and a line break and bunch of tackle breaks um so take out those those attacking stats and your score goes down to close to 30 or low 30s rather than 55 so don't be stunned if his uh score this week isn't quite what it was last week um he's still very cheap so decent option as you said if you can stay ahead of Sutton in the pecking order then that's great um for his prospects but if Sutton does get you know say he's getting eased back this week and then gets in you know ahead of Gula the week after then Gula might not be uh, a much better scorer than he was last year. So a few question marks there. Um, Horsburgh looks a better option, more expensive, but looked rock solid for that 59 points. Uh, he should stick around in that starting team until John Bateman is back, um, which who knows how many games that's going to be. We think that was going to be six weeks. 
if mm. you know if the season goes on a short hiatus, that could change how many games that is. But at this point, um, well, yeah, at this point, he looks you know obviously great if you've got him, and probably a buy if you don't have him. Yeah, potentially a buy. I did see a video on Twitter this afternoon. John Bateman posted himself throwing his shoulder sling off his balcony because he's done with it now. So he's that um, doesn't mean he's going to play next week, but he's obviously a, a step closer to a return. So whether it ends up being round six to eight or round four to five, we're, we'll keep an eye on it. But at the moment, um, Corey Horsburgh looks pretty good and Gula looks good, but just not expecting that sort of score out of him every week. Um, Ditto, Jack and Wyden got two well, tries yeah, as well. He won't points. be doesn't get to play the uh, the Titans every yes. week. Um, Roosters and Sea Eagles with uh, crowds locked out of round two. They've come down from Gosford. They're going to play this one at Leichhardt Oval. Uh, Roosters shock losers in round one to a fairly impressive Panthers outfit, um, but they do tend to start season slowly, even you know allowing for the um, the World Club Challenge over there. Um, halves might take a little bit of time to to gel. Losing a player of Cooper Cronk's caliber is uh, always going to be huge. Um, James Tedesco very expensive, only I think thirty points from him, but he uh, it's more than he scored in round one last year, and he was pretty handy last season as well. So I wouldn't be too stressed if you had him. Um, Jake Friend lost some minutes to uh, Sam Beryl's off the bench, which was always going to be um, likely with Beryl's included in the 17. So I think it was a high 40s for him, 47 odd for 47, him. 47, yep. And um, Angus Crichton returns after being ill last week, um, playing centres through the preseason. Um, not sure if it was controversial for him not to be given dual position status, but he's looking like playing his first game in the back row and then Josh Morris will be there next week. So we'll probably get through the year without playing any games in the centres at all. Yeah, probably a good move not to give him a dual position uh, in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, one guy who is dual position centre and second row is Mitch Alberson, who got 49 points with a try. Very good score for his uh, price. He won't score tries every week. Um, again, there might be some questions about uh, which one out of him and Crichton go back to the bench if and when Boyd Cordner ever comes back and starts in the second row. He's out again this week. Um, otherwise, yeah, as we both said last week, we weren't that excited about any... Uh, players for fantasy purposes in this Roosters team and none of them have really uh, done much to change that just yet. No, I think Tedesco will be an upgrade target um, for a slightly cheaper price than he's at currently later in the season. Otherwise, I don't see anyone there that I really would be targeting um, either now or later on uh, unless things change. So let's have a look at Manly. Um, Tom Travojevic, very disappointing score in round one, but he was playing um, A against Melbourne, B on a pretty soggy lotto land and C in round one. He had some good defensive players as well. So could end up being the lowest score he gets all year. Um, lost a lot of cash, but one to stick with, even though he's going to lose a bit more in the coming weeks. Uh, otherwise, Jake Travojevic and Anfinor Blake look fairly untroubled by their off-season shoulder surgery. Travojevic, I think, got through the full 80, scored in the 50s, as did Marty Tapao. Uh, Danny Levi... Um, I think we were pretty cool on through the preseason just because he wasn't looking at a big uptick in minutes and that's sort of how it panned out. 34, I think, in about 60 minutes, which is about what he played last year at Newcastle. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, uh, that Levi's 34 um, and he's cheaper than Tom Trebojevic, but I'd be more concerned with that than I am with Trebojevic's <laughs> 17. Um, yeah, the fact he only played 62 minutes, I mean, that might increase across the season, but that is kind of what he has played, you know, on average. Um uh, in his time of the night. So, yeah, if if he doesn't get to 80 minutes, he's not going to get 45 or 50 points and he's probably not going to make you much money in fantasy. So I think it might be worth 
jumping off him and getting someone who's a more of a guaranteed moneymaker this week. As you said, uh, Tommy Turbo probably one to hold unless you're really worried about him losing more money in the short term or, or need to sell him to get someone else who's going to make a lot of money, but he's probably a keeper across the course of the season. Yeah, no real other talking points I can see in that Manly side. Not not too many cheapies, um, no outstanding scores. Uh, let's move on to the Sharks and the Storm. Uh, that's going to be at Netstrata Jubilee Stadium on Saturday night. Um, Sharkies still without their three injured outside backs, Dugan, Moylan and Sherry. Um, uh, Josh Morris is probably departing, I think, is it after this week? Um, so we have a decision to make there. But Will Kennedy, potential cash cow at fullback if Moylan continues to be out. Uh, Sean Johnson, really good in the halves, a bit under the radar through the preseason. Um, Andrew Fafita. Um, no longer a gun, it would appear in fantasy. Blake Braley, despite being a bit pricey than we'd like, is still going to make some handy cash. Uh, Jack Williams, lots of demerits, but nothing too much to worry about. Um, Toby Rudolph, sneaky cash cow off the bench. Does that about cover it? I think that covers it, yeah. So quite a few good buys in that team. Um, Kennedy, better than expected, 39. Braley, 45, is right on expectations, which is very good. Uh, yeah, Williams, 37, bit underwhelming, but as you said, had a bunch of demerits. If he cuts those out, he'll hit close to 50 points if he keeps playing 60 minutes. So, um, yeah, don't get too panicked there. Toby Rudolph, 30-odd, I think, off the bench. So yep. uh, that's great for his price as well. So um, if you had all four of those guys, you'd be quite happy. And if you had Johnson, you'd be even happier because not many have Sean Johnson despite his very good uh, fantasy record. Yep, I'm expecting plenty more of those from Sean Johnson this year. I'm actually contemplating buying Will Kennedy this week to solve my Lomax Williami double headache in the outside backs. Um, I'm hoping that even if Sherry and Dugan come back, uh, Moylan, it sounds like, will be out for at least a month um, just with a few different sort of uncertainties in the back line. There's a chance Will Kennedy gets a bit more of a run, but it's uh, it's far from a, a certain thing. Dugan's in the reserves this week, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, down in 21. Which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to come back, but the risk is that he's kind of close, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Decisions to make there. Mm. Uh, they take on the Storm, who are too good for Manly, haven't lost in round one in almost 20 years, um, just like clockwork. Um, Fantasy-wise, uh, a lot of eyes were on Pappenhausen. He scored 40-odd, which was neither a rousing success or an awful failure. It was almost exactly on his, his break-even. You'd expect some better scores from him as the season goes on. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Smith, reliable. Yep. 60. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Jerome Hughes had a good score, 63. His kick metres were way That's up true. on what he did last year. So, um I mean, last year he was kind of seen as, and probably saw himself as a fullback playing, you know, a makeshift, a makeshift half, um, letting Munster and uh, Smith run the show. Whereas this year, you know, he is the halfback, I guess. So maybe he's taking on more yeah. playmaking. I don't know how much to read into one game, but 63 points is a very good score for a half. Um, he didn't get a try. He had a couple of assists. So, uh, and the fact he's dual position as well means you can play him at at wing or fullback. He might be a keeper fullback. Who knows? So. One to watch, mm. I think. Um, otherwise, I think that's it. A couple of their forwards got pretty good scores. But, um, yeah, I, I think their attacking players might do quite well. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pappenhausen racked up some big scores uh, in the next few weeks. 
Yep, definitely. Um, Sunday footy, West Tigers and the Knights at Leichhardt Oval. Um, Tigers, a pretty handy win over the Dragons. They got a bit lucky at the end with Dragons bombing some chances, but they played well. Their forwards are really good, I thought. Um, Luciano Lua, who uh, we were eyeing off as a you know, a mid-range keeper. Um, he did touch down for a try, although the try didn't have any associated line breaks or busts because he was touching down off a grubber, but he uh, cracked the half century, which is extremely handy for a guy costing about 500 grand. Uh, Billy Walters, probably the big story for me, 50-odd uh, playing hooker um, and looks pretty safe for a while, assuming the Harry Grant sort of mooted player swap doesn't materialise in the next week or two. Um Adam Dewey, not a, a brilliant score, but a lot of busts and a bit of potential there. Um, Nofa Luma, a big score if you were going to splash out a lot of money on a, a winger. Um, is that about cover it? Alex Twile got 60, 61 mm. after three minutes, uh, yeah. which is very good. Um, yeah, I think Luke Brooks's injury curiously helped Billy Walters' scoring potential. So Brooks is to miss uh, four weeks which meant Josh Reynolds, instead of being a bench utility, potentially taking minutes off Walters, became the new 5'8 or halfback. I don't know what they decided, but playing alongside Benji in the halves. So, yeah, Walters can play big minutes. Um, 50 points, it was quite good. He played a bit of, you know, popped up as the halfback a bit at times as well, Walters. So he'll probably get a few uh, assists as well. So, uh, yeah, it looks a very good buy as long as he's still there. If Harry Grant arrives then he probably drops out but he did play quite well um i think that's about it yeah those those two are in my team lelo and walters and and did very well yeah i'm in the same situation um they take on the knights who were pretty dominant against a warriors team who would have been disappointed in their performance uh a few good scores and a few handy scores um gihamit shibasaki and kurt mann both reasonable scores for for cheaper end players um ponga a decent score um they're the main ones that people are worried about Herman SASA, who I think played mm. his starting spell and then didn't come back, which is uh, a concern. If he wasn't injured, he just didn't really get used as they shared their minutes around, as y- I sort of y- Yeah, I don't know if there was an issue with... There were a couple of um, HIAs for forwards and that may have thrown their you know, interchange plan out a little bit, but you would have thought he would have come back in the second half. So, yeah, big question marks about SASA. We'll get a better idea this week, I suppose, of what his role is going to be going forward, but he could be a trade-out option. You kind of want, you know, 45 or more points a game from him to be worth it as a mid-ranger. So, uh, yeah, maybe alarm bells ringing there. Ponga, 57, I think, with a try. Um which is very good, obviously. He's going to score well in most of Newcastle's wins. Uh, and, yeah, Man and Shibasaki both um, bang on what you want for, the, for them to make a lot of money. So strong start, I think. Um, yeah, they're both – neither of them are too flashy but can get the odd tackle break. And if they uh, make their tackles, they're going to get pretty good scores and good price rises. Mm. And Nari Tawala are a bit more of a worry if you jumped on him as a, yes. a cheapie. Yes, I think maybe, <laughs> maybe trade yes. one of the others. <laughs> Yes, be worried. Um, the, the round finishes up with the Titans and the Eels Sunday night up there at Seabus Super Stadium. Uh, Titans, a few fantasy talking points. Callum Watkins, who we were sort of reasonably warm towards in the preseason, despite um, having some troubles in his first couple of games last year, uh, bang on 40, uh, nice and cheap, playing in the centres. There weren't too many fantasy centres who scored better than that, I don't think. Um, so that's a 
reasonably handy start for him. Uh, Philip Sammy, an absolute boomer at the back, but we're not sure when he's going to lose that spot to AJ Brimson, who's again named in Jersey 21. Uh, Mo Fodawaker in displacing Jamin Jolliffe in Jersey 17. Um, any issues in the forwards you wanted to go through? Not really. Cartwright finished in 41, which is all right, considering he had a few fairly notable missed tackles, as he often does. Um <laughs> If he can play that well or a bit better, he could make some money. Yeah, Watkins, as you said, 40 points. Um, pretty good numbers. Four tucker breaks, 150 metres. That's really good. 40 is, you know, keeper numbers for a centre if you can do that on, you know, on, on average across the season. I'm not necessarily expecting that, but if he can get mid-30s, then he'll make a lot of money. So, yeah, it looks like one of the better cash cow options in the centres, especially with uh, Lomax, who was the really popular centre cheapy, now playing on the wing. Uh, he could be maybe a trade out in a few weeks. So Watkins' uh, stocks by comparison look pretty good. Yep, definitely. So the Eels were, I mean, they got the job done against the Bulldogs. Um, didn't really help anyone's fantasy scores too much. A few of their forwards were okay. Uh, Mitch Moses was on negatives for a long part of that game and then finished up with 41 after uh, adding in a few attacking stats. You'd think he'd be a lot better, um, A, with a run under his belt, and B, against the Titans this week that's actually quite uh, sort of down on fantasy options at the Eels this year. Yeah, Moses is the big one. Um, it's it's handy, I guess, if you've got him, where this is the game where he probably should do really well. I mean, it's an away game, but there's no crowd, so mm. there's no real excuse for him, you know, for the Eels to not uh, have a big performance against the Titans last week, last year's Spurners. Moses should get amongst the points, so uh, if he flops here, then maybe sell, but I'm expecting he'll get a pretty good uh, a pretty good score, so wait and see. Same for all their backline players that were hyped a bit in preseason but didn't do that much in a low scoring long scoring game against the Bulldogs, so they could get their chances with a few tries this week. Mm. I mean if you've taken a pun on anyone like, you know, Mike Acevo or Blake Ferguson, um yeah. They're going to have some bigger scores at some point when the tries start to come in. Um, top score by anyone at Para last week was 54, which was Reed Marnie and Ryan Madison. Um, Ryan Madison, a pretty consistent 80 minutes on the edge, pretty much bang on his break even, so he's not going to move too much. Uh, yep. Reed Marnie needed a try to get up to 54. He made all his cash last year. So, um, you know, if you've got him, not a sell, but not really one to be looking at. Um, Junior Paulo had something like 40 points in 25 minutes and mm. they didn't really add a Great lot to that. Finished up yeah. With, yeah, finished up with 53. Um, pretty much takes us through all eight teams and their respective changes. Let's get into some Twitter questions. Um, we put the shout out earlier this afternoon. Um, there was plenty of time. What are you laughing for? Yeah, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Very good by our standards. Yeah. <laughs> um, didn't stop the uh, the questions coming in. Uh, Matthew Kennedy, no relation to Chris Kennedy that I'm aware of. He's getting rid of Jared Croker. Good move, IMO. Should he bring in Isaiah Yo or Jermaine Izarko? Uh I like Izako, I think, in terms of mm. um, he plays in a lower scoring position, like as a winger fullback. Um, I'm probably got oh, – they're both probably going to get 40s, so – um, I think Azako is a bit cheaper as well, so I like Azako. I just haven't really considered his AEO a bit, so maybe I'm biased, but yeah, I would go Azako. 
Yeah, those two for me, definitely Izarko. I don't see Isaiah Yo matching that score again this year. He's probably going to be playing out wider this yep. week and isn't going to be getting 170 metres and seven tackle busts too often. Um, Cano writes in, he has concerns over Braden Williami, Sean Kepi, Zane Musgrove and Joe Stimson. Uh, players on his radar include uh, Jay Saifidi, uh, Louis, I think it means Jerome Luai, uh, Katoa, which will be Eliezer Katoa, and uh, also Callum Watkins. So, uh, obviously, can't make four trades. What are the best ones there? I don't know. I mean, I can see where he's coming from with all of those. Um, I'd keep Stimson. I wouldn't be worried about Stimson. Yeah, that's it. It, It's a funny one because 24 points is not great as a big minute second row, but he made 30 tackles. He didn't have any run meters, really, maybe 30 or something. Mm. And he had like 14 or 16 demerits or something. So if you scrap those out, he sort of made 40-odd in 70 minutes, which is fine. Which is all you want. Um, uh, so who is his buyer options? Watkins, Katoa. Jacob Saifidi, I wouldn't. Elias yeah. um, yeah. Katoa, I think is great. Asterisk if Warriors stay in the comp. Uh, and Watkins, I think is good. So they're probably the two main ones. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Saifidi is going to be a bench forward all year. You'd expect Katoa starting at the moment and he's very cheap. So he looks good. Watkins very cheap. And I, can, I don't see why he wouldn't start all year for the Titans. So those guys look pretty safe as far as cheapies go. Um, he was also talking about trading out. I'm looking at this list. Kepi, Musgrove, Williami. I mean, Williami, we'll wait and see what happens with the Dragons, with the Lomax when they get back to full strength in that back line. Who knows? Maybe he makes way, but I can see him you know, getting some good scores before that. Um, Musgrove, he didn't get much game time. He was hyped a bit in preseason. Yeah. He needs more like 40 minutes rather than, yeah, I think, under 30 minutes. So... Uh, see how much game time he gets this week if you don't want to trade him out this week. Um, yeah. I mean, Musgrove is there for, yeah, 26 minutes, which isn't great. Um, and nine tackles, you know, 70 run meters and a, an offload with a couple of misses. It's not, you know, yeah. If you can make, in the way if, base. Yeah, if you make way with the, from a bench forward and get in a, a starter, that's a pretty obvious upgrade, especially if you can do it and make a bit of cash. Yeah. I'd be happy to say goodbye to pretty much most of those players other than Stimson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alessandro Toloca can only afford to bring in one of Horsburgh and Izarko. Who would you pick? Um, I don't know. Again, maybe Izarko now. I mean, Izarko's got that fullback spot all year at the Broncos. Horsburgh, mm. I've got, and he was great. But, yeah, I just don't know how many games he gets in that starting side. And if he goes back to the bench, he'll still be pretty good, but... I don't know what what his scores end up if they go back to the 30s or something rather than the 40s and 50s. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I've got Horsburgh and I'm very happy about it. I yeah. don't have Izarko and I feel like he's going to sort of come back to the pack a little bit. He got a try, so you've you, you got to yeah. that out. Um, but if he gets 40s, if he Well, that's what you're expecting, really. Then that's very good for his price. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm half thinking... Buy if you have to buy now, then maybe a Zarko, but you know, I just because gonna... Bateman back, yeah, exactly. Could, you know, in, in four or so weeks, could be a, a problem for for Horsburgh, as good as he was in round one. Is there any change for Horsburgh, Any chance Horsburgh keeps his spot just based on playing well? That forward back is pretty good at Canberra. Well, yeah, it's stacked. I mean, the problem is the guys who can kind of play middle or edge who are also good, like um, 
Joseph Tarpany. So say Bateman comes back, Horsburgh keeps the lock role and Tarpany goes back to the bench. That could still mean Horsburgh starts at lock but plays less minutes because he played well, almost sure. 60 on the weekend. So yep. I guess that's the, the biggest worry for me with Horsburgh. Yep. Uh, Paul Burns writes in, would it be best to save my trades since I scored over 90 round one? Hashtag humble brag. 900. Let's see how plays. <laughs> 90 is not a great yeah. score. 900 is a good score. That's Sorry, what did I say? Yeah, said <laughs> uh, 900, Mr. Zero. Yeah. Anyway, um, and see how players perform round two or use trades. Uh, thoughts on Stimson and Wakeham out for Man and Arthurs? Yeah, so usually I like to just trade like crazy in the first four or five weeks. So you get every good cash cow and don't miss anything regardless of what your score is. Um, but as you just said, Stimson's not a must trade. Wakeham, I'd be a little more concerned about maybe. Um, I think you don't want him in your 17, but I'm not too... Him and Jerome Law are in a very similar spot where they're going to probably have a couple of big scores at some point, um, but you don't want to rely on them in your 17. And it's it's worth remembering what that Bulldogs game was like. If you watched it, it was a pretty dreary... uh, Not a great, uh, you know, exhibition of rugby league that first game. So, um, yeah, very little chance for a, a... Halfback who doesn't kick much to score well, so Wakeham didn't get a good score, and Stimson didn't do much in attack either. So they could both do a lot better this week. Um, uh, Man's probably the safer version of Wakeham. Just uh, I think Wakeham's got a higher ceiling, but Man's floor is probably higher because his defence is quite good. So you yeah. could make that move, but you know might, might be mm. a little sideways in hindsight. And Arthur's, I'm not sure he's a winger. Always a bit risky. Yeah, I mean, he had a good score last week, but some of that was at centre, and he had some, you know, some attacking stats in there. Um, I, I don't know if I'll be rushing Arthur's in. I don't think um, Wakeham what was it three missed tackles, only eight demerits. So yeah, it was just a bit of a, you know, he he was the goal kicker, which was promising, and now mm. with Kerrit Holland out injured, he's probably the eighty minute goal kicker for the foreseeable future. He did miss a, a gettable shot. Um, and they didn't score any tries, but he'll get more shots at goal as the season goes on as well. Yeah. They do probably need to score more tries for him to capitalise mm. that much as the goal kicker, but, uh, but yeah. More than none would be ideal. More than none, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cam within writes in, is there any long-term value in Danny Levi? Look promising the first half, but only 60 minutes is worrying. If that's if that continues, you'd be like relying on attacking stats. Um, yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I mean, yeah. he, he could become an 80-minute player, but he hasn't really done that done that before so it's a bit of a leap of faith you can trade him now to a lot of guys who, who just had a big score in round one and you know will definitely make money in the next few weeks at least so i think he's probably a trade i mean i wouldn't be surprised if he made yeah. money but there are safer ways to go if you've got danny levi then you're missing one of you know api Corusau or billy walters or kurt mann or someone who's a better option than danny levi basically yeah yeah Finney G writes in, is it worth trading away Stimson and Braden Williami? I would say respectively no and yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably fair. I think I'm keeping both of them at the moment, but Williami is yeah. not my starting centre like he is for you. So, yeah. Do if you he's have a, to keep rubbing that in. <laughs> <laughs> if he's your backup, he hasn't lost any money. Um, oh, yeah, he's not. If Yeah, if you're relying on him for a score, as I unfortunately am, then you probably want to do something about it. But yeah. if, you, um, if he's just in your... Number twenty-one. It's not really a drama. Yeah, one or two tries, and he's uh, he's going to earn some money. But if that exactly. doesn't happen, you almost had one at the end last week. If that Tyson Brazil pass yeah, went to hand, yeah, he exactly. had another. Yeah. 
Um, Willsy91 writes in to keep Latrell Mitchell or Sell. I think Sell. Uh, yeah, definitely Sell for me. I think he might get good, but that might not come for a few uh, a few rounds yet uh, in his new position. Mm. So I think Sell. Yeah, it wasn't just the minutes. It was the general sort of lack of involvement. He had some nice touches, but took him sort of almost 20 minutes for his first carry and had, what, six carries in the time he was on or something. So, yeah, it's, uh, he's going to lose. He lost more money than any other player, I think, in round one. Yeah. So could be one to get out early and have a look at him when he's cheaper later on. Yep. Uh, Dylan writes in, would you sell Jeremy Marshall King and Joe Stimson for Corey Horsbrett and Callum Watkins? I need centre coverage because I can't afford to start Williami again. I hear you, brother. Um, also, I have Lomax starting. Yeah, me too. Yeah, in that situation, even though you could argue that you could keep the faith with Stimson and JMK, uh, Watkins looks a good option compared to those two, and he's quite cheap. So I think that's a good move. Um, Horsburgh, I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that double trade? Um, the, there's probably a bit of sideways in there. I think I'd be happy to say goodbye to Jeremy Marshall King, and I think Watkins in particular is a pretty good buy, just given the dearth of value centres. Uh, Stimson's ideally you would hold the faith in because he's going to make some money probably soonish. Um, but yeah, as a double trade overall, it probably is still an upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ryan Hadley, is it worth the sideways trade trade of Musgrove to one of Rudolph or Jamil Hopawati, or should I hang in there? Yeah, I quite like uh, Rudolph as an option. I actually thought he was in my team until the round started, and then I realised <laughs> I didn't have him. Um, feeling. Yeah. Uh, he's got to be a bench player for the Sharks, but uh, he was really good in the preseason, had one monster game fantasy-wise uh, in the trials, uh, got 30 points or something, which is very good for his price. Um, in saying that, as as uh, Ryan points out, it could be a, a sideways thing. Marsgrove also impressed in the preseason. He could easily reel off a couple of 35s and get back on track with his uh, price rises. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got n- no other better trades to make, you know, more urgent trades, you could do it. Um, probably a safer move, but it's not a massive upgrade. I don't know. And, and Hopawati, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to the bench in a week's time. For Brisbane. Yeah, I think of those three, Hopawati will score the best in the next week or two yeah. before then having players come back and, and take his spot. Um, of the three, the one I'd most want would be Rudolph. Um, like you said, it could be sideways, but you're basically Musgrove to Rudolph. You, it's almost the same player, but one's going to score better and make more money, so you might as well make it now if you've got no more pressing issues to sort out, Yep, I think. Yep, sounds good. Uh, Matthew Tabbitt is Jermaine Izako a buy want to get uh, should I get rid of Zach Lomax now that he's on the wing and should I put the C next to Payne Haas Mitch Moses against the Titans or Tamalolo I mean I like the thinking putting it on uh, Moses but if you've got Haas just make it Haas I think we just saw him yeah. play 80 minutes and score 70 points without doing anything spectacular so uh, you'll feel silly if he um has a monster score and you haven't got him as captain. Uh, Lomax is not a sell yet for me. He just got 43 points. His break-even is 17. Uh, yeah. Even on the wing, you know, if he only scores 17 this week, you haven't lost anything and then he might move back to a better position, centre or, or fullback for fantasy points a week later. Who knows? Um, so I wouldn't sell him yet. I just kind of plan for what you're going to do long-term if you are relying on him as a, as a scorer if he's not playing fullback. Yeah, I think Izako is a potential buy rather than an important buy. Yeah. Uh, Lomax, like you said, certainly doesn't need to be sold yet. Um, 
of the captaincy options, I think it's Haas easily. Like it's scored 73 without looking in any way like he wasn't going to do that or better every yeah. week, whereas Mitch Moses could get 80 or he could play well and still only get 40. So Yeah, and as much as we we talk up players like him against weaker teams like the Titans, it's not a guarantee every week that you know the starting halves against the lower teams gets a monster score. It just is a lot more likely. So I wouldn't be stunned if Moses got 40 or 45 this week or if he got 80. So much riskier than whatever Haas is going to get. Yep. Uh, Jack writes in um, Wakeham and Hess for Watkins and Katoa frees up cash and also I need a centre to start over Willie Army um, Sounds pretty good to me I think Yeah, I think I like that Yep. Um, he also adds who's more of a sell between Hess, Sua and Tedavano. I feel like Tedavano can come good was unfortunate with an early injury Yeah I don't know, I didn't really factor in Tedovano at all in the preseason. He's obviously quite cheap. Um, Hess has been good in the past, but that was more than a year ago now. Um, Sewer, likewise, has scored 40s in the past, but had a quiet score. I, th- I don't know. Um, have you got an They're answer? They're probably all cells. I don't know if any of them are that urgent. Hess and Sewer can easily score. You know, 50 this week if they get a bit more involved and yeah. don't have any demerits. Tedovano, I, I don't, I don't know, he hasn't really upside. been a fantasy factor in the past. Exactly. He did. His score was hurt by the injury last week, but I don't see anything better than low 30s at best, sort of moving forward. So we'll say Tedovano? Yeah, let's say that. Yeah. Um, Daniel Doughton has Cohen Hess, Herman SASA, and Braden Burns. Who's the most urgent sell? Can mm. only get rid of one. Maybe SASA. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably SASA. He's, I think he's the most expensive of those three, if not he's close. Um, and, yeah, he's... Yeah, those minutes are a real concern. Burns, he should score 40 points. I mean, he's a good attacking player. Yeah. He doesn't make that many mistakes usually. Um, he, I think he'll bounce back this week. SASA, if he doesn't get a lot more minutes, he's going to be a non-factor this year, so... Maybe him. I wouldn't be surprised if any of them do well this week, but if you had to pick one, probably him just ahead of Hess, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think Burns is worth persisting with. Um, BRB T-Break has 176k to spare. Should I be dropping Lomax or Will Yami? It seems to be a bit of a theme of the podcast. seems like Lomax might be the fullback spot once Ravalawa is back from injury, but who can trust Paul McGregor? Um, I could go Lomax to Izarko, or Will Yami can go to Jesse Arthurs. Uh, I think Izarko is a better buy than Arthurs. But I, as I just said, I don't think you need to sell Lomax just yet. Um, yeah. So does that count as advice? Not really. It's not an answer. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Army's one to get out of your 17, but not an urgent one to get out of your 21. Yep. Um, yeah, Arthur's, I don't know if I'd really trust to score 47 nah, I don't think so. every week. Yeah. It all looks a little bit sideways, I think. Um. Ty Breezy also has issues with Braden Williami, um, and Billy Britton. Uh, they are both emergencies for him. Uh, I don't know if it's urgent sell on either if they're emergencies, although Billy Britton is a bench hooker, which isn't generally a way to make money. Yeah, I think Billy Britton is not going to be much of a factor this year in fantasy unless there's another injury to another Dragons hooker. So I think he's probably one to go. There's a lot of um, pretty good options at uh, just about base price, so I think swap Britain for one of the uh, the young cheap forwards 
Yep, 100% agree. Um, can you see any questions I've missed? I think that's Pretty much it. covers it. Yeah. Nice one. Lots to get through this week. Um, hopefully, we can all enjoy a full round of rugby league this weekend and for many weekends thereafter. But who knows with the state of the world at the moment? Um, Don Brock, thank you once again for joining us, and we'll be back this time next week with another podcast. In the meantime, um, fantasy preview shows going ahead as normal. Um, the Late Mail Crew podcast will be up as normal. All the Late Mail breaking news on NRL.com. Thanks again for joining us. Mm-hmm.